Hello, and welcome to Milk Tea Cinema. My name is Gino, and I'm here with Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. The film we're talking about this week is 2001's Spirited Away. This is a film by Hayao Miyazaki, the legendary animator from Studio Ghibli. And this was a very exciting movie to talk about, um, a movie that was released to a lot of critical acclaim in the United States and uh, its home country of Japan. So for this movie, we enjoyed uh, a hot jasmine green tea uh, with some oat milk, our preferred non-dairy milk. And this was one we made at home. Um, we, you know, it was a Sunday night and we just needed something cozy and it comes to us from Rishi Tea, which is a direct trade tea company. I think they're based in Wisconsin. It's very fancy looking on the box, which I think is why we got it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, a nice jasmine green tea is very delicate. It's very soothing and it's very comforting, um, which is nice because this movie was a lot scarier than I thought it would be. Yeah, definitely. Um, the tea was good. And I think that I don't know what direct trade means, but I'm now curious and I'm going to look into that for myself. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Where do you want to start? So I wanted to talk about our respective arrivals to this film. So you okay. said you've seen it before. Yes. This is actually my first time. Um, so yeah, for me, I was coming in like super fresh. I actually didn't really know what the plot was. Mm. Um, I just knew it looked really magical. Mm -hmm. And I think I was expecting a lot of whimsy. Ooh. Tell me about, <laughs> tell me about, um, when did you watch it? So I remember watching this in college one of my friends had received for his birthday or Christmas like a gigantic box set of Studio Ghibli films. I mean, all of them to that point. And was a huge fan of, of Japanese animation in general. And so mm -hmm. we watched this together. I think because this is one that I had heard of and was like, oh, I should probably see this. I went to film school. I don't know if that <laughs> made it clear. But there's a lot of famous movies that I've just never seen. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. So yes, I had seen this before. And to tell you the truth, I couldn't really remember much of the plot or any of the details. Definitely worth the revisit. Totally. So with that, what did you think overall? Yeah, overall, I really liked this movie. Um, you know, I thought it was really great to see the origin story of the girl from lo-fi hip-hop beats. <laughs> to chill or yeah. study to. Mm -hmm. I think this kind of animation was a little arresting at first, just because there aren't a whole lot of these kind of, you know, hand-drawn 2D animated films that are commonplace in the U.S. anymore. Mm -hmm. So, and I think it looks different than maybe like the 2D animation that comes out of Disney. So visually, mm -hmm. it was really fun to look at. Yeah. I think that you brought this up. To me, I would say it felt grounded even though it was really fanciful mm -hmm. like i would say it was whimsical 
mm-hmm. and it was also, I don't know, a little serious at mm-hmm. times. I felt like these were real people, or at least mm-hmm. I felt like the girl was real mm-hmm. uh, and her parents. She was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they nailed that well. And I think that there is both this this really mellow nature to the film and a sense of mystery. I think that there's a sense that I'm stepping into this larger world that has maybe existed a long time beside me and I'm just not aware of it Mm -hmm. that I don't understand everything that's going on here, Mm -hmm. but I'm just so intrigued. Mm -hmm. Overall, that was a very enjoyable watch. What did you think? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. It kind of reminded me of like the dreams I typically have. Really? (laughs) Which, um, the best way I can describe that is like, there's kind of this like fun and whimsical slash kookiness <laughs> to them. Um, but mostly they're kind of stressful and make no sense. And so I, I really empathize with her because really? like I could really appreciate, you know, getting thrown into like this dreamlike world and it's really stressful and nothing makes sense. And everything's kind of like a little messed up, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but I loved, I mean, I loved it for that reason. I, I loved the animation was amazing. Um, there was a lot of attention to detail. I noticed like even just in the very opening, uh, scene when they're in the car and there's like a little like Kit Kat, you know, yeah. bar packaging in the car with her and just little details like that, that I think were really pleasant. Um, the color was really beautiful yeah, I think the world was really captivating and imaginative, I think is the word that I've been looking for. Yeah. Um, I, I think, like you said, it was fun to kind of like get thrown into this world. And like, I just did not know what was going to happen from one moment to the next, which yeah. is really fun. I think, I think a lot of movies can be somewhat predictable, especially like animated films or children's movies. Um, but I really mm. like each scene was just like, I don't know what is happening. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to happen, but I really like looking at this, you know? Yeah. This film feels really grounded. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet I think this is kind of what you're talking about. feels fanciful because it's using the medium really well. Mm-hmm. Like, when you watch an animated movie or a cartoon, I think you want to see things that could not happen in real totally. life. Totally. And so I think that you had like a main character that you were following who seemed, okay, this person is recognizably from our world. But then even the humanoid characters that she ran into, mm-hmm. there was just something weird about them. <laughs> uh-huh. And I loved that. Uh-huh. And yeah, I think it does that without feeling like zany the way that maybe like Looney Tunes would feel or the way that that's animated. You know what I mean? This was a cool sort of a different path. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think as I was watching it, I I just felt like I hadn't seen anything like it before. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think of like a Disney movie, which, you know, Disney is like the champion of magic and animation, some would say. That's their brand. Or Pixar. And... You know, you always say Pixar movies are kind of like the secret world of something, you know, yeah. the secret world of something that right. is tangible and exists, yes. you know, secret world of toys, secret world of fish, yeah. <laughs> your car, um, your car. Yeah. And, you know, not that Disney movies aren't magical, 
but this is one of the few animated films that made it on the list. And I think for right. the reason that you outlined, like it really utilizes the medium of animation where you can do things that you can't do on film. Very magical, very dreamlike. Mm-hmm. Um, but also real in the sense that like this poor girl is having the worst day. Yeah. Um, which I want to talk about because okay. <laughs> I, one of the most frustrating things in a movie is when like the main character obviously knows what's up, but like no one's listening to her. That mm. frustrates me so much. Not, mm-hmm. not that it's a bad thing to put in a movie, but, mm-hmm. um, oh, I just, it, it irks me when it's like, yeah, I can hear that you're frustrated by the way that this person was treated. It sounds like this is a a good technique on the filmmaker's part Mm -hmm. because it really pulls you in. Yeah. It's like automatic empathy points, you know, it's just like this girl, she's already, you know, upset because her, she's moving and then like her parents just aren't listening to her and she's freaked out and I'm freaked out because I'm like, I don't know what this place is either. Right. I want to talk about the attention to detail. Something you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I think that, this is something that Japanese animators do really well. I'm sure this is the case of animators everywhere. They're artists who love details. Mm-hmm. But there is something unique to the, the way that Japanese filmmakers do it. I'll point out a couple of silly examples. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the bird character that's a sidekick. And there's the big baby. Mm-hmm. And these two get turned into different creatures, small mm-hmm. creatures. Mm-hmm who kind of in the second half of the film have their own little side gags going on, mm-hmm. you know, where they're like playing with the little uh, dust spiders mm-hmm. or they're like running around on the wheel or they're mm-hmm. doing whatever they're doing. They're so funny and quirky, mm-hmm. but they don't really say anything. I mean, when they're spoken to directly, they do, mm-hmm. but kind of they're just in the background goofing off. Mm-hmm. They do a lot without saying a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I thought when I was watching them of like Olaf or, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other um, characters that you might see as the cute sidekicks in, in U.S. animation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting to compare them because they're both silly. But I'm just impressed with that they do so much without saying anything at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think the characters were really magical as well. And I think not just in terms of the animation, but she, there were a lot of teachers around her. Like Mm -hmm. she would learn, she's navigating this world that's completely unfamiliar. Um, I mean, it's a bathhouse. She knows what a bathhouse is, but, (laughs) um, you know, just all these different spirits and creatures and, um, even her friend, uh, Haku, who, uh, is like kind of human, but kind of not. Anyways, all this by way of saying, I think the, I think it was really captivating to kind of like uncover this world with her. Yeah. While also learning with her what, 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 it, what it means to navigate this world, you know, how to interact with these different creatures, um, how to, you know, how to clean that big bathtub, you know, how to, uh, how to get on the train. Like there's just all these little things that it was really fun to go along with. And it was fun to meet all these different characters. Yeah, definitely. I think it was cool how, you know, there were so many little things to look at. The characters all look really unique. I love these designs, things that are sort of familiar, like big ducks and frogs, but they're really not 
anything that we have in our world, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think, yeah, that was really, that was really fun to see. Yeah. So that being said, you know, as we, as we've mentioned earlier, you know, this season's theme is movies are magic. Yes. Um, so in this film, what stood out to you? I know we've kind of already talked about this, but what stood out to you as magical? I think that this was a great pick for movie magic for a couple of reasons. Number one, there's literal magic in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the beginning, you know that this is a world that it's supernatural and it's, you know, Haku's has spells and um, Yubaba, the witch mm-hmm. who runs the bathhouse, she has different magic that she does. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has something. Mm-hmm. And so you get a lot of that. What I like about it is it's justified, like it's, it's set up well that this is a magical world, but it's not fully explained. You don't need to mm-hmm. know every little thing. Mm-hmm. And I like it because it's not a crutch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes magic in a movie is kind of yeah. like a crutch. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that was the mm-hmm. case here. I felt like there was real stakes too, like things were grounded even though they were supernatural. Mm-hmm. There's references to like, you know, I'm going to, I think she said, I'm going to rip your mouth off or something at one point, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, then they're going to die. These people are going to get eaten. It was just like, yeah. bad stuff could really happen here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her parents were turned into pigs and they were going to be roasted and fed to the spirits. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's pretty ice eggs. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> and you're right. That is frightening. Um, and I think the other way that it's magical though, is, you know, a couple things that are important for me is like, does this transport me? Could this happen here on earth? Mm-hmm. And I felt like, no, man, this is just like miles away from anything that mm-hmm. I could experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like this is a world that could only be accessed through film. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that really works. I think it really hits as, as a magical movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you say that, that this could only happen in film because I felt, you know, to your point about, how it's magical, but also grounded. I really loved that a lot of the magic was grounded in nature. Ah. And so how these different spirits um, represented something, represented humans' relationship with nature. Yeah. And I think it's even interesting just that, like, the spirits have to go to this bathhouse to, like, cleanse themselves when, like, yeah. when they need to be cleansed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was really beautiful how... You know, there's two different river spirits um, featured kind of prominently. There's Haku, who is the river that had saved her. And there's a lot of um, belief around water having memory. And, Mm. you know, I, there's like a a Toni Morrison quote that I think of a lot um, where she talks about how water remembers and it kind of flows Mm. um, based on its memory, you know, and frozen to uh, there's, right. you know, ha- water having memory is a big thing. Right. Um, and so it was interesting how the memory here was connected to how the river had saved her when she was a little girl, mm. um, which was not something that I expected, you know, at the very beginning when they meet, he says, I've known you since you were very little. Right. Um, and so it was really, I don't know, I thought it was really touching and powerful how like he was the river that mm-hmm. saved her. Um, and I think the other example that you know, is the, the stink spirit that ends up being this polluted river spirit, you know, they pull out, um, a bicycle and just like all this other stuff, you know, the the ways that humans, um, pollute our planet and, uh, and she was the one to help 
free him from all of that or it from all of that um which I read was actually based on a experience that Miyazaki had. He was like really? cleaning up a river wow. and like they pulled out a bicycle and some other stuff. Um, but yeah, I, so anyways, all this by way of saying, I think the magic in this is like, you know, our earth is magical and we don't treat it that way. Yeah. And so hmm. they don't need to look like these different spirits you know, in the film mm. in order for us to see them as magical mm. um, because they do so much for us already, you know, the resources that we have. Um, so I really loved that. Yeah, I want to piggyback on that because I think that was one image from my first watch that I do remember. I, I have this visceral memory of like, oh yeah, like this gross, sludgy creature comes in but is actually something a lot more benign underneath. Mm-hmm. And... I just couldn't remember what the, what the deal was. That imagery is really powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really vivid. And I think you're right in that, you know, well, I'll put it this way. I think it's kind of cool because so many of the spirits and creatures there are grounded in, in our real world. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, it's a reminder that the world around us is magical and mm-hmm. maybe we don't recognize that, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, the ducks, the frogs, whatever they were, the people, mm-hmm. um, we have all those too. Mm-hmm. What else do we have maybe that we're not recognizing? You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. So speaking of that scene with the stink monster, which by the way, now we have a new nickname for Evie. Yes. Cat, because she has some stinky breath sometimes. So she's oh, yeah. our little stink monster. Little stink. Um, did you, so you said that scene really stood out to you yeah. in your first viewing. Did you have a favorite scene or a scene that really stuck with you from this feeling? I think for me, there's a couple scenes that really stand out, but one of them is when Haku mm-hmm. is telling her how to escape. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, he touches her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she can see the plan. And I think that this is a device that it's cool because they're showing and not telling you, right? Right. Um, so that's done really well. There's something else in here that, um, you know, I can't remember exactly when this happens in the movie, but it becomes nightfall and everything mm-hmm. gets dark except for the red lights in mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. where the food booths are mm-hmm. and it's raining. And I remember writing this down that there's something about the way that rain is animated in Japanese mm-hmm. cartoons that, um, I think that is a little magical Mm -hmm. the way that you can kind of tell that it's raining by the way it hits the tops of buildings. Mm -hmm. Um, the little lines that it leaves on the screen. Uh, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go watch an episode of Pokemon or something (laughs) where it rains. Mm -hmm. Um, cause this is definitely consistent. Like I've seen this in other works as well. Yeah. It's really magical. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite scene? I really enjoyed this the scene I don't know it's, I guess it kind of spanned over multiple scenes but okay. when she's um I can't remember she's like cleaning or something and she opens the window and the no face is there mm. um this kind of like ghostly creature that we've seen kind of ominously standing around at the bridge a couple yeah. times and she's like oh it's raining like why are you out there why don't you you know I'll leave it open in case you want to come in so no face comes in and later when she's cleaning the big bathtub and she needs like the, the mineral soap or something. 
and no face kind of appears and just helps her out. And then he comes back later with like all of them. And I just thought it was really like funny and sweet. Um, you know, even though no face, I think ends up being kind of monstrous in the end and then kind of comes back to being this sweet, quirky character. Um, I really liked those interactions with her and no Mm. face of like letting this spirit come in Mm -hmm. and then like, the spirit helping her, but then like helping her too much. Um, it was just kind of, it was funny and sweet and I really enjoyed that. You know, kids interacting with like big creatures, monsters, or even like adults that are kind of big and scary, Mm -hmm. um, in sweet ways. Oh, that's one of my favorite things Mm -hmm. in movies. No face is such an interesting part of this film. So this is one of the other things that I really clearly remember Mm -hmm. is like that giant mouth in the middle of its (laughs) gut. And it would just like inhale Uh things. Uh, it was really scary. And I remember, like, I'm pretty sure this works out okay for everybody, but I think No Face is haunting <laughs> and creepy mm-hmm. and kind of without trying to be because it seems like it's only trying to help. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem to, like, at first, I mean, it pays for everything, right? Right. It's like, I'll take a lot, but I'm going to pay for it. I th- there's a lot to say. I think there's some comment- commentary on, like, capitalism and things like that you have uh yubaba yubaba right she's she kind of sits at the top with like yeah. this really like luxurious you know opulent room and jewel right. she has like all these rings and all this stuff and she kind of runs this bathhouse where like i don't know that those people get paid <laughs> you know <laughs> to do their work it's never clearly stated yeah and so when when that um no face starts throwing out the gold and it's just like, feed right. me, feed me, right. you know, no face is being part of the consumer yes. like just gluttonous, like overly exactly consuming. And the people, the workers are just like giving and giving and giving to get those, that gold, you know? Right. Um, so I think it was interesting how they were all kind of work operating within this system that kind of brought out, you know, the worst in no face for sure. Right. <laughs> um, you know, no face was just kind of just wanted to be helpful. Right. The, yeah, no face, I think is kind of innocent in all of this. Um, I think the part that really moves me when I watch this character is I have seen people like this mm-hmm. or I know people like mm-hmm. this. There's people who are a little quiet and a little awkward and, just want to fit in and just want to be part of the group Mm -hmm. and maybe don't know how to do that best. I'm sure Mm -hmm. we've all felt like that at some point. And so I can really sympathize with this character who, even though it's kind of gluttonous and destructive, it's like, I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I come in here, I request things and pay for them. That's what everyone else does. And I kind of gorge myself. (laughs) But again, that's what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if, is there something I'm doing wrong? Right. She's kind of caught up in the system. Yeah, exactly. No face was just kind of following suit, what everyone else was doing, but more, (laughs) but in excess, you know, my final takeaway. And part of, I think why this movie feels magical is like, I kind of feel like I don't get it. (laughs) Like there's a simple plot, but you know, as I'm watching this, I feel like, man, this world is so rich. The imagery is so rich. There's got to be more to this than I'm picking up on. So what am I missing? Mm -hmm. And this leads me to wonder, well, who is Miyazaki and what were his influences? Mm -hmm. You know, what was going on in Japan when Mm -hmm. he was making this film? And 
you know, in doing a little bit of, of research, I found that, you know, his parents, or his whole family had to evacuate um, because where he lived was being bombed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something like that has a big impact on a person. Mm -hmm. So I think throughout his films, and in this one too, you get the sense of um, pacifism, you mm -hmm. know? Um, the other thing I read that was interesting was that his mom was kind of an example of um, rejecting, you know, accepted social norms. Mm -hmm. And not in any big, you know, way, but I think when you grow up with that kind of encouragement at home, like things don't have to be the way that you see them, the way that they appear, you get these characters or these worlds that just don't adhere to all the norms. And I think right. in a lot of small ways that was true in, yeah. in this movie, you know? Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, to what I was kind of talking about before this relationship with nature and coming right. back to, um, the spiritual, the mystical, the magical of nature, um, you know, things like war and, right. uh, consumerism are very right. contradictory to, um, I don't see these kind of worlds because we see it rep reproduced in this world, in this um, bathhouse. But the point is not that this is a magical world that we want to live in. <laughs> right. We don't want our, our dream worlds to also be, you know, hierarchical and, you know, run on greed and things like that. Um, which I think is something I didn't expect from this film. Um, I think I didn't expect it to be a world that was so magical and that I so did not want to live in. <laughs> That's so <laughs> you interesting. Know? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I read, you know, t to your question about like, how much am I missing? Just like in terms of cultural knowledge, um, mm -hmm. there were some things I read this probably on IMDb. Uh, I read that there were some things that were included, like certain lines that were included in the English translation, because American audiences or Western audiences just wouldn't know. Yeah. So, you know, the part where someone explains like, oh, it's a bathhouse for the spirits. Mm -hmm. Whereas like in Japan, like, you know what a bathhouse is. Right. <laughs> um, right. But we don't. So they yeah. kind of have to explain what that is to you know, right. cleanse the spirits and stuff. So, yeah, I think it's definitely worth further reading on uh, some of those, sim some of the symbolism and stuff. Cool. Well, should we jump into our... IMDb slash here's a fun fact <laughs> uh, trivia segment. Let's hear it. All right. So earlier we talked about how watching this film is just like a roller coaster where you don't really know what's going to happen next. Well, apparently Miyazaki also didn't know what was going to happen next. What? Because uh, he, he didn't have a script. That is crazy. Um, according to IMDb, uh, he said, I don't have the story finished and ready when we start work on a film. I usually don't have the time. So the story develops when I start drawing storyboards. The production starts very soon after, thereafter while the storyboards are still developing. I really like that. I kind of want to approach like everything like that. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to start this well, and it's just going to go where it goes. Yeah. Because um, I, th I don't know. I think that really works. I think that helped with some of that, you know, suspense and mystery and mm. it, nothing felt super contrived, but also yeah. everything followed every, there was a payoff, you know, 
So. Well, I'll tell you what, I think that you are definitely onto something in that it felt full of mystery, maybe because no one knew what was happening <laughs> next. Another fun fact. I So one of my favorite things to do when watching a movie is like recognizing people. Yes. Especially in animated movies. It's just like, I know that voice. Yeah. So obviously... I had to write down my thoughts on that. Oh, okay. But uh, when I first, when we first met Lynn, yes, I was like, that is obviously Megara from Hercules, right? That's what I thought too. Okay, yeah, like it just, it could have been anyone. And that's else. who it was. We were yeah, right. Of oh, good job, yeah. us. Okay, yeah. Oh, exciting. Um, Chihiro, yes, our main character. Do right. you want to guess who that was? This person voiced another character that is recognizable. Really? Oh shoot! Who was it? Lilo. Oh, really? From Lilo and Stitch, oh, of course. yeah. I can totally hear it now. So I was just like, this has to be Lilo. Oh, that's fun. Um, and it was. So that's great. And <laughs> Haku. Okay. Now, this one I did. I had to look up because okay. like, I couldn't recognize it. But then once yeah. I figured it out, I was like, whoa, that makes sense. I think Haku was the guy who does Prince Zuko from... Oh, actually, I don't know. Okay. I don't think... Well, my <laughs> I don't want to say that it is or isn't, but that's not what I found. Who was it? Give it to me. So, two two famous roles. Um, Max from a Goofy movie. Oh. Yes. Goofy's son, Max. Okay. And also, uh, Thackeray Binks from Hocus Pocus. He So, he is not Thackeray Binks himself, but he voices the cat when he turns into ah, Binks. okay. Mm-hmm. And okay. so when we watch that this Halloween, Thackeray just Binks. keep that in mind. <laughs> okay, I got you. That makes sense. Hey, I got another fun voice <laughs> actor for you. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. So Tara Strong, does that name ring a bell at all? Mm, no. You sure? <laughs> because she's only been in the likes of Teen Titans Go, Rugrats, The Powerpuff Girls. Wow. She was Timmy Turner in The Fairly Odd Parents. Um, she did a couple voices for Batman, the animated series. Um, and in this movie, she was the baby, the big baby. Oh, that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, kind of a legend when it comes to uh, voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously for our listeners, you know, this isn't an exhaustive analysis of the film. This isn't you know, what happened behind the scenes or... Yeah, we don't know any of those stuff. What is the meaning of the <laughs> ending or anything like that? Mm-hmm. And we would love to hear from you. You know, what are the parts that really struck you about the movie? What are the things that we didn't get? Mm-hmm. Maybe you could fill us in on that. And, um, For sure. You know, sharing your thoughts is probably the most fun part of watching a movie, especially one like this that was so rich. I think that just about wraps up this edition of Milk Tea Cinema. I think so. Spirited Away was a big hit, and we hope that you will watch it and share your thoughts with us. We would also love it if you can subscribe to our show and leave us a review. Reviews definitely help us not only to improve, but also to make it to the big times. (laughs) Boy, wouldn't we love to just sit back and drink milk tea and watch movies for a living. Totally. Love it. Also, if you could share this with a friend, perhaps you know someone who likes uh, Japanese animation, who enjoys milk tea, or who enjoys movies, or all three of those things. Maybe they like magic. Maybe they don't like magic, but you need to show them, hey, magic movies are worth your time. Cool. Uh, Until next time, I'm Melissa. And I'm Gino. See you later.